Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Redcast Wins. I'm your host Amanda Stevens and with me are a couple of bad magic players. Hi everyone. Hi. Hey. And we hey. Oh, did lose Bradley. Sweet. Hello. I'm at the beginning this time. Yes. So everyone, that's Bradley. Uh, we also have two other bad magic players, Lewis and Sean. Lewis? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know what bad magic player Lewis is here, but, like, I'm, I'm here. I'm a good magic playing Lewis. Ed Sean. How's it going? I'm definitely the bad magic playing Sean, so. Sweet. Alright, so, there are a lot of things I want to cover tonight. Uh, we have two themes. Bad beats and going rogue, whether that means standard, extended, legacy, but we'll get into that. But first, I just want to say, has anyone seen the new event decks? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I just showed it to you. <laughs> right, well, Sean wasn't on the line at the time. Um, so I'm looking. Lewis was kind enough to show me the event decks because when I first saw them, they weren't deck listed. They were just, hey, there's a there's a Glisten Elf on the cover of one, and there's a Portion Legionnaire. And I was like, wow, these can't be any bit better than the original event decks because the blue black poison one was pretty awesome and became is actually like a play out of the box ready deck. And the other deck was Cadalto Red, which is also a pretty phenomenal deck. So yeah. I was like actually there's, there's no way they can make a better event decks. And I'm scrolling down the white one because Lewis says Stoneforge Mystics in it. And not just one, two uh, and I was just like, wait a second, they're selling this for $30 with two Stoneforge Mystics. Yeah, actually, uh, the original event decks were pretty awesome. Somebody up here uh, in Northern California had bought two of the Kaldatha Red ones, went to a 70-man uh, PTQ, threw them together. Uh, I guess he had Mox Ovals and threw them in and placed top eight in 70-man PTQ with the red event deck. So, they're pretty exciting. Yeah, didn't, almost someone, crazy. didn't someone win a TCG uh, player event or something with, with, with just opening the blue-black deck? I don't think that they won, but I, they a lot of people did, like, RG top eight well. events. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, like, top eight with those event decks. But, uh, so this this thing's MSRP is $30 for two Stoneforge Mystics, which... Already is vastly undercutting the price of Stoneforge Mystic because I think they're going for like twenty five now. Probably twenty. They probably settled around twenty here or there. Twenty. We have a Mirror Crusader which is going for like five six bucks. The uh, the Piercer Paladin which I think is like three but it's probably going to go up. There's a Bone Horde in there and a Sword of Vengeance which is like two dollars. So it's like this, the sort of vengeance is like two dollars. A moto is like a nickel. Really? That's <laughs> yeah. just the difference between paper and and um online, I guess. Yeah, duels. I like worth, I thought it wasn't worth anything, but like I'll even type it into Star City right now, and I think it's at least worth. Uh, I think it's worth more than a nickel. Uh, yeah, that's because the MTGO doesn't have uh, the same level of casual players that like it. Yeah. Sword of Vengeance is now a dollar fifty. Was two dollars the last time I picked one up? 
but just like this deck is far and above price. Like this is definitely worth your money. Yeah. The, so the no two, it means two things. Like one of two things is going to happen: either Stoneforge Mystic's price, which is at nineteen ninety nine, so twenty bucks, is going to drop, or the event decks are going to cost a crap ton, like the from the vaults kind of thing. Where, where it's supposed to MSRP at one thing, and their people are going to charge another. Yeah, that's, it's going to be one of those two. I mean, I think the thing that's crazy. I, I'm actually afraid, yeah, that it's probably gonna not sell its MSRP. I'm surprised Star City's pre-ordering at its MSRP, cause Star City's pretty notorious for not pre-ordering at MSRP if they think it's worth the price, if they don't think it's worth more. Yeah. Well, well they, the- they'll start at MSRP a lot, uh, and as soon as they, they don't put up their whole stock, as soon as they sell out, they jump the price up. Yeah. But I like I, I actually do kind of want to pre on but look they are actually already different. The rot for move in is nineteen ninety nine for pre order and war of attrition's thirty bucks. Well, that's how it was last time though. I think the red one went for thirty and the um blue black one was the nineteen ninety nine because originally everyone thought the Cadolfa Yeah, no, it was pre order for twenty five. And purchase at 25 because everyone was like, a deck with two goblin guides, a deck that's pretty much already Kadaltha Red, you just need to get two more goblin guides, is amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very likely that it's either going to bring down the Stoneforge Mystics or it's going to go up. It'll probably bring down Stoneforge Mystics when you can get two of them for under $30, which is definitely going to hurt people who invested in Stoneforge Mystics. I mean, I'm a little happy that its price is going down because I think I think it's worth it. I I, I mean like to be honest, that card is only really good in Cobblade. Like they they tried it in uh what was it? Boros tried it and it slowed Boros down. Like it's only good in that one deck. Whereas the other money card in that deck is is Jace, and Jace is kind of worth every penny and is good in every other deck. Yeah. It's the thing's oh, another reason for Stoneforge Mystic is the fact that it's actually getting played in Legacy now. It's actually very pop a green white haterate deck is very popular on on Moto. But I don't know how good it actually is. I haven't even faced it. So. Yeah. Alright. So, that's, that's number one. Um, and number two, we talked about the, does anyone even like the, the rot from within deck? Cause it's kind of meh. It has Inkmoth and it has Green Sun Zenith. Um, I'm happy with those two. I'm very upset though of the number of Inkmoths. And greens on Zenith. Yeah. Like, we, the deck is, is ridiculously undervalued compared to the other ones. Yeah. I think um, out of the box it's more playable though. The, the green one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was surprised that there's as many green cards in the deck as there are. 
I thought it was going to be green slash green artifacts. No, it's basically five Glistener Elves because of the green sun zenith and then a bunch of pump spells. Yeah. I mean, Which... the Rot the Wolf is good. The Verdant Corruptor main deck is going to be pretty strong because everyone plays artifacts. Like, it would have been nice if they had more Ink Moth Nexus, but... I was thinking two because they put two... They put two um, contested war zones in the other one. I, I, did they? I think. Yeah, there was two. Con- I believe there was two contested war zones in the and the uh, into the breach. Very possible. Nope, one, one. I was incorrect. I'm incorrect. Gosh, so bad Sorry. at this game. It's. I honestly had no interest in the original event decks because I wasn't going to build Kadalfa Red, and I had. Is no you're interest. a smart person? Yeah, and I had no interest in um, in blue. I have no interest in poison for competitive. You know, and, there's another reason not to run Kadalfa Red now. Uh, Marrow shards. Yeah, the white uh, Phyrexian mana card. That's just like, hey, all your dudes die. Did there need to be more reasons to not run Godotha Red? Godotha Red's a legacy deck trying to be played in standard, to be honest. How is it a legacy deck trying to be played in standard? It, it, it tries to it tries a, to do too much by turn two. Yeah, but it, it's a block deck that wants wishes was a standard deck. Alright, that's actually... You're the expert on block, and I think that is actually a better assessment. But do you understand what I mean? Like, it tries... It tries to move at a tempo that doesn't... That's way too fast for standard. Yeah, and it's bad at it. Yeah. I mean, it could... It, it tries to be... Like, at least Elves has a, has that same, oh, like, blisteringly fast tempo, but it's not bad at it. It's actually pretty good at it. Alright, so uh, does anyone have anything else to say about these uh, about these event decks? Go buy the white one. No, I'm good. Alright, buy the white one and then start building Legacy White. No, wait, I do have one other thing. What? You can buy the green one and then just trade me the Ink Moss and the Green Suns. Because when those things. Some Zeniths? Because I have like eight. Oh, I don't need Green Sun, but I know it's going to be worth quite a bit. So I'm. Yeah, it's already at seven? Like, I, I don't know how how much it is on in paper, but it's eight dollars on paper. But yeah. I don't base a lot of my pricing on Star City except for trading. Because yeah. we all know Star City is not very good at keeping the prices good. At least if they're out of stock. Yeah. Like if they're out of stock, that's when things get crazy. Yeah, I actually looked at Force of Wills and I was surprised at how quasi cheap they were. Online, they're like two bucks. Really? Yeah. Force of Wills, two bucks online. No, not Force, Green Sun. Oh, Green Green Sun. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me switch to Force of Will. No, oh. I, I heard eight bucks, blah, 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 and I was like, oh, yeah, Green Sun's on, online is two bucks. Force of Will online, like 150. Yeah, like 160 no, now. there's no alliances in that on that set. Though dual lands are like ten bucks. Because weren't they in Masters Edition? They were in multiple Masters Editions. So yeah, that's 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 the problem. 
Um, all right. So, like I said, today's theme of the cast um, is going to be going rogue and bad beats. And I don't know. We, we decided on this topic last time uh, after the end of last one because I was talking about Ghetto Chimanji, um, which is fairly roguish in nature. And I have to say, I also have an amazing bad beat story because of because of going rogue. Just so you guys know, uh, I play Jumanji, but I play my own rogue build because I no longer have Vengevines because I sold them because I got really broke and I didn't have a job for a while and Vengevine was selling for like 35 bucks at the time. So I was like, yes, money. Uh, so my list consists of two stone forges, uh, a disgusting number of worm coil engines I play the maximum four of. Uh, I play one of each of the current swords plus mortar pod, and then Mirror and Crusader and a bunch of other random spells like Lead the Stampede and whatnot to flush out the deck. And of course I play Squadron Hawks because what good white deck doesn't run a Squadron Hawk? This week, however, this past week at FNM, however, going rogue proved to lead me to some of the worst beats I've had in a very long time and went 1-3. Uh, my only win was against a really, really bad black deck. Um, that I feel bad because it was like this kid's first black deck and I keep getting paired to, against him round one and I feel bad for this kid. But round two, I have to go up against Pester, I went, got, not Pestermite, what the hell is the new, Deceiver Exart. And Deceiver Exart, um, pulled the win because my deck doesn't interact with that deck except hopefully have Beast Within because I don't play counter spells. Round three, I got to see the new and improved um, Pyromancer's Ascension, another deck my deck has no way of interacting with. And then round four, I had the ultimate fun of playing a Cobblade deck that was somehow one in two. Oh, and... It lost to the Pyromancer's Ascension Deceiver. Yeah. Yeah, um, those two decks wreck Callblade. Uh, so I got to play against Callblade, and Callblade, round one, I didn't know, game one, I didn't know what it was supposed to be, because he mulled to five, and his his first two lands were, um, were Ink Moth Nexus. <laughs> so my deck just kind of rolled that deck, like, like, uh, nobody's business. Uh, but then game two and three. Game two, I was about to roll him out of existence, and then he went turn six Gideon, and my deck went turn six, I roll over. <laughs> so, so this turn bad six, beat assume story, the position. So, this bad beat story is how you played a bad deck and lost? See, here's the funny thing. My deck can handle my store's meta. Like, it's pretty... It's not a bad deck. I can... I'll post on the site my deck list sometime this week so that you guys can see that it's not, like, this, like, bad deck. It's just that my deck has zero interaction with Pyromancer's Ascension. Like, the only thing my deck can do to that deck is have the turn two beasts within because I played, like, a turn one Birds of Paradise. Uh, just play Hex Parasite. Yeah. 
I guess. It's just it's just a really hard matchup for my deck. It's a really hard matchup if you don't play some form of counter okay. or disruption. You, you know how you're running green-white? You know how huh? you're green-white? Yeah. You can run this thing called Celestial Purge, and it also gets rid of Splinter Twin? Or yeah, I dude, I wasn't ready. To be honest, I'm also going to say it's bad beats because I totally misprepared my sideboard. Yeah. Like, the week before was a very heavy red meta, so I had, like, my, we had two, we had two goblin decks, one red deck wins, one Kadaltha, and then our regular, and then, like, Tesserator and all of, like, the normal decks you have to deal with. You had a heavy red meta, and you didn't have Celestial Purges? That's, that's, that's Dude, dude do you know how you handle a heavy red meta? You play four obstinate bailoffs and four and three core firewalkers. Okay. And the red meta bends over and takes it. Okay. I, I, I am now in a place where four people bought the Kodolta red event deck and just run that. Red meta? I put in celestial burges. That's how you deal with off too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was gonna say Stoneforge, Batter Skull, Celestial Purge seems the way to go. For me, it's Stone. To be honest, for me, it's Stoneforge. It's more lead the stampede, fauna shaman, get core firewalker and obstinate bailoth win. Because none of those decks can handle life gain, huh? And then they bolt your fauna shaman, and they bolt your birds, searing blaze. Oh, look, they uh, red cards. Dude, I finished fourth last week. Shut up. Not last week, the week before. Shut up. Not a bad Magic player. I, that's still up for debate. I hate you. <laughs> bad beats. This is much. No, I just mean, like, I, I admit that my sideboarding skills are not phenomenal and it's harder to do that it's hard to have a good sideboard when you're rogue because you don't you're trying to analgum a bunch of other people's sideboards into one but i just i didn't expect everyone i didn't expect people to have the new the uh new version of uh pyromancer's ascension that quickly like literally there were four pyromancer's ascensions that that week because it costs like ten bucks to build. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap. But here's the thing, though. No one came. Like there weren't that many people at our pre-release, so I didn't think a lot of people had. Like, because most of the people who come to our F and M's go to our pre-releases, so for there to be so many people with the cards, it's kind of like threw me off. Promises of such and doesn't need a lot of the new cards. It needs Tesseract Gambit. It needs it Volt needs Charge. charge. Yeah. Yeah. And a Gitaxian like, probe. Yeah, like it does need the the way the reason Pyromancer's Ascension is so much better now is because of the new cards though. It's not a matter yeah. of oh, it's only running eight new cards, eight new slots of cards. It's the fact that it's it would be the same bad Pyromancer's Ascension deck if it wasn't for the new cards. Oh yeah, um, but it's like it, it only needs uncommons and stuff, which apparently the print run for the set was ridiculous with that. But well, the uncommon print run was... If you mean ridiculous as in bad, then yes. Yeah. The, yeah. It's bad. 
People have opened three boxes and only gotten two mental missteps. We opened, uh, my friend opened two boxes. We opened two boxes at the release event. And I think in total, there were maybe eight dismembers opened. Maybe like nine or ten if somebody didn't speak up. But that's like horrendous. And mental missteps, I think in total, the entire city up here opened like under 15. And that's counting the pre-release, the release, and all the boxes people bought. Yeah, luckily for me, I was psychic. And uh, I pre-ordered two of each of the Now Money card uh, uncommons before the set came out. Wait, what's the other Money Uncommon dismember? Oh, I don't know. They'll, they'll be there, though. A- anything that's played right now, uh, Volt Charge, Tezzeret's Gambit, uh, Mental Misstep, I pre-ordered eight of each. But Just Mental to... Misstep, has Mental Misstep gone up or down? Cause it was like it's at six I... now. From when it was first spoiled and I uh, pre-ordered it for 50 cents a piece, it went up pretty far. Yeah, oh, when it, wow. there were some sites that pre-ordered it at 50, at 50 cents because that's their, a lot of stores' policies are when spoilers happen, they pre-order at standard uh, card prices. So, like, uncommons, you never really charge more than 50 to 75 cents for unless it's proven or unless, like, Chapin or Flores or someone goes, like, this is the card. I, like, I kind of wish I had pre-ordered a, a lot more, like Spellskite. Oh, man, I kicked myself so hard. Dude, do you need Spellskites? Yeah. Like, yeah. I have six. <laughs> dude, that was... Dude, that's been my rare. After this. That has been my rare in so many fucking drafts and in so many release events, and I cry because it's not that good and limited. It's actually not whole, like if you can get the equipment, I, I would have actually run it at, at our release. But I just had in garbage. Draft, though, in draft, it's pretty weak. In draft, you can build around it still. Like it's not great. It's not something you like. If you have a better twenty third card, you would definitely just slide it out. But it's there's plenty of ways that you don't even necessarily have to build around it. It's an O four. Like yeah, it, it's, it's a pretty, pretty good much a of tangle cord. To be yeah. honest, and sometimes better because like it can it can really mess up with their removal and stuff. Oh yeah, one of my one of my midnight draft opponents uh, for our, well our midnight drafts are F and M drafts. Uh, they happen after F and M. Uh, he he had the spell sky on the board and proceeded to allow me to cast removal spells on his key creatures because he forgot spell sky and had Phyrexian mana. I hope you guys could hear the the face palm that I just did there. I heard that. Did you yeah. saw? Wow. I'm I'm still trying to contemplate not understanding that and still playing the card. You know what it is? He here's the thing though. Here's the sad thing. Game one he used it and won. Game two he forgot and lost. Game three he used it when it was too late. Well, here's the thing though, because there's some things like it can't change go for the throat. It can't, like, it can only change yeah, legal targets. you can't change. We actually had a, we had a lot of people, we had a lot of them, for some reason, in our, in one of our pre-releases, and we actually, the judge had to go to the, um, to the rules, to the, uh, rules FAQ that they give judges for events, for new cards. Did they give that? I never got that. They, 
You're a judge? I, I'm already a rules advisor, and I'm taking my level one test in like a week. Uh, maybe it's judges for a store? I am a tournament organizer for our store. Maybe it's just a pre-release. I think it's just pre-release. Anyway, he got a rules FAQ where it's like, it's kind of like, all it's a, it's set scenarios that may happen with card interactions. Spellskite had and, like 15. <laughs> yeah, and Spellskite, had, Spellskite was pretty long, but it clearly states that you can't, you can't force illegal targets to make spells fizzle. So he's not a onboard counter spell. One thing to note, though, is that you can still end up paying the cost. So if you pay the cost, you still you you pay yeah. the cost. Whether if you don't get to undo the cost. Yeah, yeah. Although most like at a, at a pre-release, most judges will allow you to take that back. Yeah, because it's a pre-release and it's what like it's not even light Ari. It's What's the it's regular competitive professional. It, it's um, reg- it, I'm pretty sure it's just regular. Yeah, I, I doubt. Pre- I think I think the regional pre-releases were uh, were competitive. Yeah, most likely if you're gonna have more than like 50 people, you're competitive. Period. All right. Well, so that was my bad beats. I don't know how we got on spell skite. Oh, because of good cards and new that you don't run. <laughs> I, you know what, I'm letting Sean talk next because Sean doesn't pick on me nearly as much as you do. Oh, oh he wow. just beats me to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are we doing bad beats? Or are we doing the going rogue story right now? Mine overlap, so. You All right, cool. uh, I'll go ahead and go going rogue. Uh, which, uh, this is one of my favorite stories. Uh, one of the reasons why I hate Wizards for changing the extended format was uh, about a year ago when uh, they had old extended. I used to play Hivemind. I don't know if you guys had ever played against that deck. Yeah, it's but, interesting. Yeah, generally when I showed up to a tournament, I had to explain what my deck did. Because uh, <laughs> they look at me in a confused manner and then proceed to get angry or... Like, there was just bipolar emotions. They either get angry or they'd laugh. <laughs> Sometimes at the same time, and that's scarier. Yeah. Um, I actually had one person cry. Uh, I wasn't proud of it. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is in the same tournament that my, the good story's in, but I was playing against somebody last round of, I want it was 100 and something, player PTQ, which is an amazing size for extended. And um, I was playing against Hypergenesis in the last round, and we were playing four places in the top 16. So it was the difference between taking home nothing and taking home something like $100 worth of packs. Wow. Um, And I was playing against, I want to say, it was a kid, too, which makes me a little worse about it. He was probably 15 years old. Um, I think it was his, it it, must have been his first competitive Magic tournament. His brother had brought him there. And... uh, First game, he plays Hypergenesis. He puts down a per, like he puts down his Progenitus. I put down Hivemind. He looks confused, and on my turn, I cast uh, one of the the pack spells, and he dies. So took <laughs> it pretty well. Like like oh shit, I guess that works. Um, uh, second game, he actually goes off. He has his flame conceal it, so he wins. But the third game, I've sideboarded in just for Hypergenesis because I tested it against the deck a lot. And I don't know if you remember, 
but it ran like one basic land in the entire deck. What I and, and I uh, ramped turn one into Blood Moon, and he looked across the table, looked up at his brother, asked, "What do I do when there's a Blood Moon out?" And his brother said, "Pray." <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even wait for the game then. He just scooped up his cards, he started tearing up, and he walked off. Because he literally had no way to cast any spell on his deck at that point. I love that's what you can... by the way, is a Jace Bellerin card. Is it? It's got Jace Bellerin flavor text. Oh, yeah. Um, that same tournament, there was actually a good game that happened there with somebody who knew what Hivemind did. Uh, he was playing the, like, Elves Cloudstone Curio combo. I love that deck. Um, it's really good. It was super fast. It was, uh, my worst matchup in testing. There was nothing I could do against this deck. So I had eight sideboard cards against him that changed my entire deck strategy because it couldn't race the deck ever. Um, played against him turn one, and sure enough, turn two or turn three, something ridiculous, he goes infinite, and I tell him, well, I don't want to watch you go through the whole combo. Let's, I want to actually play through a round, so let's play again. Um, I, I put it in my sideboard cards, uh, mulligan to five, so that I have three of my sideboard, uh, four of my sideboard cards in hand, and no land. <laughs> and he starts, he starts playing, and I go, okay. Look, uh, this time I want you to go through the whole combo because, you know, it's been five minutes into the round. At least let me watch you go through the whole thing. So sure enough, I watch him start going through his whole combo. He does the whole thing. He uh, he goes ahead and uses his, what is it, Summoner's Pact? Yeah. Something. I wait for him to finish. He goes to Grape Shot me. Mind Break Trap. He goes, that's fine. Grape Shots again. Mind Break Trap. <laughs> Turn. Archive Trap. Archive Trap. In seconds. <laughs> Glorious. Oh. The third game, he was so on tilt, he couldn't play his deck. He was afraid to put elves down, so he'd play an elf, look around confused, and just pass turns. <laughs> <laughs> I eventually go off to the high of mining against him, and this was like third round of the tournament, his first loss, he dropped. He was just so off his game from that point on. So, yeah, made him drop this one. Alright, Sean, I will let you know as an elf player, the archive trap and response to the summoner's pack will forever put an elf combo player on tilt. Because it's so unexpected, like, I was at a, I was at a legacy Grand Prix trial, and one of my opponents was playing, like, this really rogue blue deck. And he, he lost a lot of games. Like, he didn't win. He didn't do well. He was just like, he had four Force of Wells, and he had four days. So he was like, I might as well play Blue and Legacy. And I go, game one, I win. Game two, I'm like, Summoner's packed to get the Regal Force, because that's how my deck wins. And he lets me play Regal Force. I draw my eight card. I draw my ten cards. I have... 11 cards left in my library. I was going to cast my Emrakul, and he goes, uh, response? I cast Archive Trap? <laughs> in response to my Emrakul? 
and then I go to draw from the glimpse of nature when Emrakul resolves and lose. Yep. So, like, one second here, because you respond, like, you can't respond to the Summoner's Pact with Archive Chop, so he... You have to wait for it to resolve. He responded to Emrakul. Okay. No, because when when Sean was like archive chop, archive chop, I'm like, how did I search? And it's like, oh, he's he summoned before he grape shot it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I let him go through the whole the whole spiel. <laughs> like watching him, it took him like eight or nine minutes to get through the whole like I'm gonna combo off. I go infinite. That's why then... I don't like the Cloudstone Curio version anymore because it takes forever. Yeah, uh, some players like Countertop uh, will just force you to play it out to go to time if they don't think they can beat you in the third game. Yeah, that's why no one plays the. That's why if you look at a lot of Legacy Elf builds, they don't play the Storm cards anymore. It's just not worth it because almost every deck runs uh, Mind Break Trap in the sideboard now. Not anymore, actually. No, Goblin still runs. Most of the other creature aggro decks still run at least one or two Mind Break Traps. That's their only defense against combo. I'm well, surprised yeah. people don't just run more Blood Moons. <laughs> like Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I love that card. People do. Some people run both Magus and Blood Moon. Just to I, run, I run Magus as a one-of in my sideboard because I can cheat it out with um, <clears throat> Birch Lore Ranger. And it shuts down half of my bad matchups. Yeah, I run both in my burn deck. For in the sideboard, obviously. Huh. To be honest, this this is this is just because it goes with the rogue mindset. Has anyone ever thought about running like that really good sideboard card as a one of in your main board to see if it just like helps you win game one? What blood moon? I've done that. No, not like just blood moon, but like, for example, I used to run. One divine, uh, divine offering in my mono white knight deck in standard in response to people's swords to give me that, to give my knights that like one extra turn for punch and that usually helped me win the game. Yeah, which, I, 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 uh, which I, at the time it was obviously a cyborg card. Have you ever tried running like a, like a copy of one of your cyborg cards to like try and get that game one win? Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing that right now. Uh, I'm running Pyromancer's Ascension. There's a couple other people who are running it that are going the Archive Trap route. And um, I have a main deck Emrakul. Because <laughs> in the control matchups, you cast it. Because I have Everflowing Chalice, and Volt Charges and uh, Tezzeret's Gambit uh, both charge it up enough that you can hard cast it later. And if they try to mill you, you can shuffle back into your library. Yeah. So actually, the the sideboarding as a main deck thing is kind of one of the ways I like the first time I actually started going to tournaments. I went a little bit rogue because uh, Blinding Beatdown was the deck to beat at that point. That deck was good. It was, mm-hmm. and so I like I searched so hard for how I can make my my janky red white deck beat it consistently. It was back when tenth edition was legal. Guerrilla Tactics, four of main deck. Wait, I, actually, I have to look this up because I forgot Tactics what that card does. Is red one? Uh, it's an instant deal two damage to a creature or player. If you if your opponent forces you to discard Guerrilla Tactics, you do four damage instead. 
All right, I have a question. I understand that guerrilla tactics. Why, if you were running, what colors were you running? Red, white? Red, white, red, white. Oh, okay, red, white. I thought you said uh, a different combination because I know that when I was playing Bent against that deck, I was like, um, Wilt Leaf Leech? Okay, you blighting me? Thanks. Yo, but like, this is also when like, I, I would, to spend money, like, I actually didn't run Figure of Destinies or Cloud Go Rangers because everyone was running Rune Halo on those. And, you were and like I couldn't really, I couldn't really afford the, the figure <coughs> destiny, so I'm like, I'm not even gonna try. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna beat people by not running figures. And I can tell you, I won so many game ones because they would rune Halo and see that I had red mana and white mana and go figure of destiny. I'd be like, okay, you just, you discarded a card, thanks. <laughs> it's like, like, and I would just be like, oh, great, now, like, my figure's gonna be useless, and it's like, ha 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 ha. So he starts playing, and then, like, and then, like, whatever, they, like, blightening me or something, and it's, like, yeah. crazy stuff, and I'm just like, screw the tactics, I kill you, I don't care. Your deck means nothing. I love how one of, one of the kids in my meta used, uh, used a, uh, was playing, like, Little Kid White, which is the nickname we've given this deck. It's a white deck that's just, like, your first white cards. So it's got, like, <laughs> blinding mages. Like, it's gotten better because we keep, like, giving him white rares to make the deck better. So it's oh, it's slowly evolving into um to uh, mono white control, the deck that uh, Tony posted on the site. Um, and he started running in his main board to beat Valakut. Even though this is a cyborg card, he started running 4x Refraction Trap. You know what? That's probably not even that horrible for the most part. Cause... No, it's not bad. It's just that, like, in the whole theme of going roguish, like, Refraction Trap, like, Valakut doesn't expect to see Refraction Trap game one. People tilt so hard when you have those cards. They're like... Oh, the, when I blight, when someone blightened me, and I actually killed them because I had double gorilla tactics in my hand, they were so, like, they, they just, like, they were beaten, they were shattered as a human being. It's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Oh, that is my favorite part of this new set, is it is nothing but cards that put your opponent on tilt. You go <laughs> Goblin Guide, Bushwhacker, Memnite, Tezzeret's Gambit? Draw more cards. <laughs> oh no, the best is uh the best uh as a joke, um somebody was playing uh someone was playing was was like I'm not playing tempered steel or anything and then game one against his like uh his uh his mono his mono green poison uh, opponent goes, uh I pay ten life and drops an army of the artifact creatures. For Phyrexian mana? What? What he, guy is that? He, he paid 10 life and like 5 mana to drop Porcelain Legionnaire. Oh, okay. The yeah, he, one he one... He dropped multiple guys. I, I was like, what? Yeah, he, what? Just, he just dropped all of them. And his opponent just looked at him and went... <laughs> Stun silence doesn't work so well on radio. Just, just pointing that out. I didn't know how to. I didn't even know how to explain it because, like, literally, I want like this is the game next to me, and I'm like, you know, we're we're playing like a real game, and he just goes, I 
he's he doesn't say he's spending life. He just puts his life counter from like twenty to ten and taps all of his lands. And we're all just like, what's a really good Phyrexian mana spell that takes up that much life? The answer is none. You just play a bunch of them. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, I tilted someone so hard because uh, I'm running Callblade here. And as a creature removal, dismember. Like, it's so good. Like, I don't care if I'm yeah. paying four life for the most part. I'm killing things that need to be killed and for one mana. And I'm playing against mono black vampires, and he like he apparently he sideboarded in like a black knights and Malakir blood witches, and he's like <laughs> Malakir blood witch. And I'm like, okay, I take I take one, I take four, pay one. Dismember, and he's like, wait, how are you casting? I'm like, it's Phyrexian mana. He's like, Oh, oh, what? What? Oh, fine. You know what? I don't even care. I don't need to play against Jesus and Gideon's. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of Phyrexian mana causing tilt, um, you know what's my new favorite limited card from this set? Norn's Annex. Oh, 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 oh yes. Geez. Wait, it's a bad card. I understand now. It makes sense. Continue. All right. You know, Lewis, you might want to call like you might want to call it a bad card, but I single-handedly came in first at a draft because I'd go turn three Norn's Annex, okay. and then your opponent just sits there. Okay. Were you just... drafting triple Phyrexia or something? Yes. No artifact removal. Okay. <laughs> so, like, where the only artifact removal is Glissa Scorn, and no one wants to fart. Well, so that's what. But okay, here, here's here's a side note. Is this also the draft where the person didn't activate spell skite in multiple games? Because like, all of this is out the window. The, the player skill is just gone. Okay, no, this was a that person was a first time drafter, and that wasn't the draft. That wasn't this draft. I'm pretty sure there were still some terrible players. No, you know why Norn's Annex won me games though? Like in all seriousness. Nobody drafted white. Only one of the... The person who... The only person who drafted white was someone who was in a different bracket than me because he lost round one. Okay. And if I had... If I had no, if I had seen him, I probably would have done so much worse because he wouldn't have to go, I pay two life to swing with my infect dude or I pay two life to, like beat you in the face. Now, was it Norn's Annex or the fact that you got every personal Legionnaire in the draft by being the only white guy? No, I was... It's because of Norn's Annex and three Suture Priests. Okay, okay. So then you were gaining life for all... For, and they were losing life the entire time. But, Sean, just as a side note, Porcelain Legionnaire is not white. I don't know what you're talking about. It just costs it's two. It's blue. It's blue. He, he he's two mana. He's just a three one artifact. I don't I don't know. That card is dumb good, by the way. It's so good. But you, there's just there's actually a lot of things that kill it though. Like I, I was actually surprised to find just how well, many things. There's a lot of stuff that kills it, dependent dependent on what limited format he's in. Well, if that makes this format kills it, all the yeah. removal spells in this format take it out. Yeah. 
the leeches bite, um, the pitch driller. But the thing shot is yeah. that he's not, he looks really fragile until you see him in action. Like, you're. Well, no, nobody's doubting that he's good. He's definitely yeah. good. But he's still, he is really fragile. Yeah, no, we, cause like, one of the people in the, someone, we did a, I did a, like the regular format draft, New Phyrexia, Mirrodin Proceeds, Scars. And I think my Porcelain Legionnaire, I think the longest he stayed on the board was two turns. Yeah, no one lets him live. Because, because like you play Blister Stick Shaman, it dies. You play the Black Trigon, it dies. You play Arc Trail, it dies. Yeah, this list goes on for a while. Like, everything... like if they Doomblade, the, it dies. It, it dies? No, it doesn't die. Why would Did it Doomblade? Doom blade? That's not limited. <laughs> Somebody's cheating. <laughs> See, now we like, know why Lewis puts still... people on tilt, because he cheats his matches. No, oh my god, I got it tilted so hard, not even because, like, somebody, like, it wasn't because they, they went rogue or anything, because they couldn't enunciate their cards correctly, like, Goblin Gavalier. Like, what did you do to him? It's like, it's so annoying, because it was at FNM, and, the, like, the guys, he was, the entire FNM, he's complaining about, he's playing Cabal the Red, mind you, I was, like, the only one that beat him, everyone else went 0-2 against him, and he, he... Got so pissed when he was facing one of my friends because his deck did 11 damage on turn two. It's supposed to do 16. He like he doesn't understand how random magic is. Like he thinks that because his deck can do 16 damage on turn two, that it's supposed to do 16 damage on turn two. And I can't. It, it's two different things, but he gets so mad, like, oh, my deck just sucked on, crapped out on me. And But he's running, like, spider silk net, because he wants zero-drop artifacts, and he won't put put money out for mox opals or whatever. It's, it's so bad. And so... Ooh, we knew somebody was going to play that uh, dark steel thing. Yeah. So yes! Bad. <laughs> Wait, yes, no, I'm not just saying much. yes for that. I'm not, like... But, okay, so here's the thing. He's, like, Goblin Gavalier. He's running Goblin Gavalier. That's how, the, how bad this deck is. And he, he keeps Wait, going he's Goblin like, Gavir. Goblin Gavir? He keeps, he calls he's it Goblin Gavir. No, no, he oh, just, no, he players, doesn't read his cards. He doesn't. No, no, he, John has a point, though. There is someone in our, in our, in our play, in our, in our meta at, at my store who calls Stoneforge Mystic Stoneforger. Well, you know, like, if you nickname it, but, like, he's he's trying to say the name, but he never reads the cards. I've never heard him say the name of a card right, no matter what, even in trading. So what does he, he, like, call, what does he call Lightning Bolt, then? I, I, lightning Bolt, I, like, he just... Like, <laughs> lightning guy, Bone, I Lightning it, Bone you. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> Like, sometimes I think he's dyslexic or something, and then I kind of feel bad, but then he's, like, complaining about how he's not doing 16 damage on turn 3 when he did, he kept a no-land hand, and he just thought he would get there. It's just like, you so, don't understand. So, let me understand this. You, you are okay with people being dyslexic unless they start bitching. Then screw them. <laughs> like, it's one thing if you're dyslexic and, and you, like, understand and, you know, like, 
okay, you, you, you know, better I, be careful because even Conley's gotten in trouble for just running his mouth and then not backtracking. No, look, like if, if you have an issue, that's fine. But when you like, if he did, if he really was dyslexic, but he didn't try. Like if I told him the right name and he just goes, "Screw you, I don't, I don't care." Like I should be doing sixteen damage. My deck sucks. This is BS. I'm like, you're kind of like not understanding how life works here. Well, no, it's and, just like it's just like Legacy Elves, and I because I, that's the only like that's my Legacy deck, that's my pet deck right now. In theory, Legacy Elves should win turn two if everything goes right. Like could, everything. Could. That's a difference. But that's like, what I'm saying. It's the same thing like Kadaltha. Kadaltha technically, in like, was it supposed to be turn three? It's supposed turn. to. Is it turn, turn three? It's supposed to hit for 16? Kodasha can win on turn two in a perfect world. It's supposed to be turn, it's turn two. So like, he needs to understand that that's like not, that's, if that happens, he should be like shitting himself and be happy. Yeah. Like, not, you should like, not. Expect that to be the norm. Yeah. Like, when my elf deck wins on turn two and combos out turn two, I'm just like, oh my god, my deck actually works, and hooray, and I start doing a dance. If it doesn't work on turn, on turn two, I'm just like, alright, it's now time for turn three. And like, I just keep playing. I, I was playing Legacy on MTGO, and this guy's playing Reanimator, and he, like, he's on the plane. Before I play my land, he goes, Dark Ritual, um, Entomb, Reanimate, brings back this dude that is a star star, and its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in our hands, so it's like a, like a 10 10 right off the bat. And so it's like, okay, I'm dead, and it's Shroud. GG. By the way, I think Elves is now no longer a possible legacy deck because Reanimator now has Ellis Norn instead of Iona. Yeah. That, that like, was pretty loud for you guys, wasn't that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> originally... Stop recording my, from the bathroom, Jesus. Originally, my opponent didn't always win because he casted Iona because I'd had enough creatures on the board. If you go get Ellis Norn against me, my deck scoops. Unless you have, like, three lords out. Yeah, but or two I'm not... Like, I'm not supposed to have... I don't play the Lord version. I play the... Have... So you play I the have, bad version. <laughs> dude, so playing the Emrakul version isn't the bad version. Yeah. So then, so, I this is the mediocre so. version. Sean. Right. Is that your honest opinion, Sean, or are you just trying to join the Lewis boat here? No, I just couldn't help but take a stab. Alright. Oh. Um. <laughs> I think the okay. version you play is about as good as the Lord version is. Yeah, the Lord version plays like goblins, except with no removal spells. The, the thing is, the the Lord version, I've actually seen run uh, quite a few. Like, they main deck Blood Moon because they really don't care. And yeah. since they're doing anything else, they're just like, Blood Moon, and I can race you because you're not doing anything. Your, ta- like, your mana's crap. I've actually seen that deck list. The only problem with the Lord version for me right now is, believe it or not, as an elf player... I don't own any Elvis champions. Okay. And I'm really broke right now, and Elvis champions like six dollars a pop. Really? So let's, just, 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> how about this? I'll get you some Elvis champions for some of your spells, guys, because I'm betting I can get them. Black word? Sure, I'll get them black word. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's different. Black word is... Yeah, no, like, Lewis, the, like the, the, the white-bordered ones are, are cheap. Yeah. He, they were like he the knows promo. in one of the duels of the Planeswalker decks, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but... Ugh. Like, as a as a black border? No, I went the invasion artwork, though. I'm sorry. Because that's the only badass-looking one. The other one is it's, just it's some... It's the same artwork. No, it's not. The duels of the Planeswalker one? I'll send you a picture. <laughs> By the Tyler. way... Google. I'm very sad. Someone told me Elvis Pioneer did something different than what he does, and I thought I broke the format. See, that's why you read cards. Yeah, no, I'm glad I read cards, because he told me that Elvis Pioneer is one green for an elf druid. That's a 1-1 one, one that when he comes into play, he puts a basic land into play tapped. My friend told me it was untapped. So in yeah. theory, if you had him a land... An Elvis spirit guide, glimpse, and like a heritage druid and a nettle sentinel, you could go off theoretically on turn one. Yeah. See, and see, I was like, <laughs> if, if the card actually worked that way, people would probably run it. It's very hard to break a format nowadays. Yeah, no, so I was like, wow, why is no one running Elvis Pioneer? And I was like, oh, I should probably look him up before I place that order on Card Shark. And I go and I look, and I'm like, oh, he brings the land to play tapped. Which isn't terrible for elves, because the only problem for elves is we don't run basic lands, really. How do you not run basic lands? Not, we, my build runs 12 fetches. Two guys' cradles, and then one forest, so like that all your fetches are useless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's worse when I'm actually right about that. <laughs> but that, well, Lewis, that's how much. That's how much. That's how like the deck runs anywhere between fifteen and sixteen lands. Because you don't want to, you don't want to fizzle out with glimpse. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to glimpse and hit a land. Yeah, like I'm I'm one of the players. Like I I always hated running Boros where it's like sixteen fetches, eight lands to fetch. Well, see, just I felt like... that I felt that way too. But my friend had me proxy up a build that was the fetch, like the super fetch heavy, and it ran a lot smoother. Like it's still technically the same land count. But if you go turn one fetch forest and start your combo and you like go turn two fetch forest again, you are now down to you're now down four lands. So when you start going when you try to like glimpse out the combo, your likelihood of drawing lands is pretty yes, slim I, now. I am aware of deck thinning, but it is actually it only affects like it's the percentage is like not even 1%. Like, I think it affects one in every thousand games, and yeah, it does Yeah, I, sent, I thought I, I think I sent you a link about that. I don't believe in deck thinning. I believe in if it works after play testing. And after play testing. The thing it, is, with legacy decks as it is, like, I'm running, like, on MTGO, I bought uh, 
Dark Horizons, which is Tarmogoyf, Dark Confidant, Knight of the Reliquary, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I already and, had these fetches. Like, this no, no, isn't... no, like, what I'm saying is I was running a deck that's, like, actually kind of mana-hungry. Like, it wants to cast Vindicate and Maelstrom Pulse and Pernicious Deed and stuff. And it runs 23, and 8 of them are fetches. It's, like, Legacy is a very mana-hungry format, and you use so few lands. Well, because my deck doesn't need it. Almost none of the decks need it because the average converted mana cost of Legacy is like 1.8. Which is why Mental Misstep is a $6 uncommon. That and the fact that the print was, was ridiculous. But that's besides the point. When when you're running like 8 pre, like Preordain, Brainstorm, and Ponder... Most people will cut on their lands. I think Dredge used 12 land because they don't, like, you need to Dredge actual stuff. Yeah. So how many lands does your Legacy deck run? Are you running Evergreen right now? Evergreen? Like, you, I'm, I'm... You said you're running Dark Confidant, Tarmogoyf. The deck's called Evergreen. It's I, a green-black deck. No, no, no. It's... Junk colors, black, white, green. Oh, I didn't. I didn't hear you say the white part. I'm I'm running Knight of the Reliquary. Oh, you're running. Of... You're running. So you're running like I thought you were gonna run Merfolk. In paper, yeah, but online, I'll, but I think I'm gonna run uh, Turbo Drowsy online. I'm gonna switch over to that because the deck's just cheaper. Oh, like, by the way. If you're still thinking about running Merfolk, I think you need to listen to the newest crazy talk. Yeah. Actually, I have a problem because the, the person I did a trade with online, I, that he was supposed to ship me basically all the Merfolk creatures, he hasn't talked to me in a month now. Did you so already give sure. him your cards? Yeah, he already got, like, he got the the two foil Gideons and Stoneforge. Oh. And then he shipped them in... He said, like, on, on the 16th, I have the email where he said he shipped them. I contacted him, like, three, like two or three weeks later because, like, oh, it's Easter weekend and the Canadian Postal Service sucks and all that. But he hasn't responded or asked me or anything. Sean, are we going to have to start another pool of trades to help Lewis out now? <laughs> I need to wait until I get all the ones that uh, I traded for first in the mail. And then find a way to get rid of any of the overflow I have from trading off again. But yeah, uh, we can open them out. Lewis, uh, send me a list. I think I have Coralhem Commanders and some Merfolk Wizard Sovereign. I don't need him. I don't think. I don't think they run yeah. him anymore. It's Redry and Coralhem Commander and Lord of Atlantis are the lords. I don't have Lord of Atlantis anymore. Like. <sighs> That's how I got. That's how I got Sumner's facts is by trading my lords. Like, pretty much, I'm just gonna like it, the fact that he hasn't contacted me. I'm gonna have to double check on Magic Online, well, Magic Trading League Online or whatever, and see if he got a bad trader report so I can be like, okay, you know what? He screwed somebody over. He's this is mail fraud. Positive but, notes, positive thinking. Um, Sean, have, do you have a legacy deck? Out of curiosity, 
Yeah, I have a, a burn deck and a really awful storm deck. I think all three of us, I think I need, I think we need to figure out a way for all three of us to start playtesting, and we should go as team Redcast wins. Cockatrice. To an event to it would make sense considering what deck I run, so. <laughs> um, you have, we should all I, run, we should all run burn. Okay, so. All foil. Just, all foil. Oh yeah, we, we just get, uh, fire and lightning and just four of exactly. that. Also, mine's already all foil, so it would work out. <laughs> so we have to get the all foil <laughs> cards. I mean, the only thing that sucks for me is I'd have to fly out to you guys because you guys live on the west. Um, I live in Canada. Like, I can't, I, I can't even leave the country right now. So I can't. <laughs> to, to be honest, if we're just doing burn, we could actually just test on MTGO. It's not an expensive deck. I don't have an MTGO account yet. Well, but okay, I I just wrote something in in Skype chat. Yeah, no, we saw it's really good. It's it's a really good program. I can right. start using it. It's pretty good. You can actually play EDH on it. Just letting you know, Sean. I I, I got to play the Jorkaden deck a little. I, oh, very cool. Was, he was running um the the junk color dragon. The that's just so he could run black, white, and green. Mm-hmm. And I stomped him. General damage in the first game and the second game, I had like sort of of pro light and shadow. And I was just like oh, hitting yeah. over and over again with a uh, with a uh, mirror crusader. Oh god, that's just dirty. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll do that. Mirren mean, uh... crusader plus any sword is game over for most decks. It was just great because it had protection from everything in his deck. <laughs> doosh, yeah. doosh, doosh. He's like, oh, let, let's see, where's my mono green removal? Oh, I can't pull beast within. Damn it. Plus, and, hey, and then if he does twister. destroy it, you have Desert a sword. Twister. What? He, he said it's sort of light and shadow. What's he going to do, kill the creature so he can play it again next turn? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, by the way, Sean, I want you to know my friend won a game with his um with that EDH deck. Which one? <laughs> Mishra deck? Yep. He won with Mishra. Oh, I was actually playing against somebody's Mishra deck uh, two days ago. Was uh, it good? It's... No. Uh, the guy was a cool <laughs> guy. He tried to make it good. He he put in Nether Void and a couple other really uh, crazy tricks that cost a ton of money in there to try to make Mishra work. And uh, it ended up that is he couldn't deal with Izumaru at all. Yeah, my... F- Just, uh, just so you know that this wasn't like some like he just beat up on some people's my first EDH decks. His opponents were uh was Isamaru, Zer, and Niv Misset. How did he win? I wasn't watching cuz there's a bunch of people that come to FNM to trade with the standard players for EDH. So, like, they're, the EDH players are the way that the standard players get into, like, Legacy and Extended. And then the standard players are the way the EDH players get the new standard cards without having to spend too much money. No. <laughs> it sucks up here. Like, people just play, um, <laughs> like, EDH, so there's not a lot of older cards. And then they try to pull BS, like... Well, since there's not a lot of those cards up here, we trade at a premium. I'm like, I could just buy this card for, like, half the value you want me to trade for it. 
Are you kidding me? I think. All right. Yeah. That I hate when people do that. Uh but yeah. So Sean, the it, I have no idea how he won. I just remember looking at the table, and Ishimaru was gone, and then going to the next round, and then Niv Mizzet was gone, and then like all of a sudden he won. Wow. Did he make any of the changes that uh, I suggested? I think he made a few of the changes, because apparently he sent you another deck list. Yeah, he sent me a Honda Ship Navigator deck list. That's his baby, by the way. Like, that's his, that's his like, real, pro- that's, like, his baby deck. Yeah, no, that de- those decks are really good. I'm uh, trying to make a, I, I'm trying to make an Azusa deck, but I'm trying to go rogue with it, because I don't want to do the same Azusa deck that everyone does. Oh, and here I'm just barely getting into this stuff. You guys should just play a Mojo Sto on on Moto. It's like like eight bucks, and you can and you can play the format. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, over but, the summer. Once I'm gonna have two jobs this summer. There's a few things I have to buy for the site first. As far as like non food, non apartment stuff, money and college stuff. But after that, I plan on getting an MGGO account because. There's so many people on Twitter that are willing to help me get better at Legacy and help me build my elf deck on Legacy if I make the account, so... But um, Mojo Stow is actually pretty fun for people who don't know what it is. Uh, You run... It's Freeform Vanguard, which means you get the Momir uh, avatar, the Joyra avatar, and Stonehewer giant avatar, and then you build that and a deck of lands and you basically you cast random creatures you cast like you get three random uh, sorceries or instants from joyra like all you have to do is basically pay mana and then uh discard land which you have land and stone hero giant makes all the creatures come in with with uh equipment that are less than the creature's cost and it's just this ridiculous format. Like, sometimes I've had someone LD me on their turn three, like, double LD me, because they had a, a they had an eight-cost sorcery that returned two target permanents to its owner's hand or whatever. And I actually did a video with Meta Nightmare, in, and it's gonna, it's one of the videos in the new Into the Arena that I put up. And it's just a bonus video for people to, to see a fun format. All right. Well, we kind of got off topic from the um, from the bad beats and stuff, but uh, I There's think some overall bad beats in the mojo, so. there was some <laughs> bad there was some bad beat stories. Mainly Sean bad beating on other people and putting people on tilt. He he definitely did his commander damage to those people. Um, I have one. I actually wanted to share one tilt story real quick as as part of my shout out. And then uh, everyone else can do their shout-outs and goodnights. Um, as a joke, in Mono White Knights one week, I ran Archive Trap in my sideboard to beat um, Kago. And I was running four because I felt like just being a tool, and I wasn't ex- I like was resigning myself to lose points that night. But I had three uh, Archive Traps in my opening hand, and someone, uh, someone was kind enough to cast a, a turn two Stoneforge Mystic, <laughs> and I proceeded to mill them 
for what is it, thirty six? Oh, that's thirty nine. Thirty nine. Thirty nine, and he just looked at me. Milled his thirty nine, and then did enter scoop phase. He could have won though. Like he still had. Four, thirteen. Dude, he still had like ten turns left to kill you, and you just spent three cards. By the way, I milled all of his jaces. Who cares? He's got a stoneforge and a sword, <laughs> and no warrants. He did. Yeah, but if not, if he had sort of worn piece, you'd be dead. Yeah, I'd be. It'd be over. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. But um, he he actually, it was one one. He just signed the slip one two and left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's archive trap makes people rage quit from the entire tournament. So uh, so my shout outs is the guy who rage quit thanks to my archive traps. Uh, and helping me start to rebuild my score after some terrible beats at the PTQ Nagoya season. Uh, shout outs to Tezreal on Twitter for offering to join us tonight for the cast, but then disappearing. And shout outs to, uh, Robert Martin of Men and Magic. Eventually we'll have this interview happen and it'll be phenomenal. And everything will hopefully go well. And shout out to Skype for being awful to us and dropping everybody mid-cast constantly. Okay, okay, okay. do you, I think you misunderstand what shout outs are supposed to be. Like, they're supposed to be like, <laughs> good job, guys. Not like, I hope you die in a fire, guys. <laughs> I like my version of shout outs more. Oh, and shout outs to my girlfriend who, um, is Did allowing who hasn't yelled at me yet for spending money on the site. <laughs> Yay, a positive shout-out. Lewis? Um, as far as my shout-outs, uh, I would definitely Meta Nightmare on Twitter. He he helped me do some videos for, for Scars of Meridian Block and the Mojo Stow video. And, he, like, he's an overall cool guy. Uh, the Gathering for making such an awesome freaking CD. Did you buy it? I bought like, That thing was awesome. It's so good. I actually talked to Chapin. I'm actually going to talk to Chapin about using one of their, uh, their uh, songs as our opener. I want to um, use Shuffle Em Up. I want to use Shuffle Em Up. Shuffle Em Up. That's great CD. Um, anyway, continue. And, um, of course, my wife, because she's tolerating <laughs> me spending, like, two hours away from her on it. So, and, and Sean, shout-out. All right, uh, shout-out to my fiancé uh, for our anniversary that was a couple days ago. Uh, shout-out to Chris Van Meter and Ryan O'Connor for their recent success in the Star City Games and their continued success in the Star City Games uh, tournaments and uh, shout out to the Scrubland guys for still using that logo. Sweet. Uh, so with that, everybody, that's uh, episode two of Redcast Wins. 
And all we have to say to you is keep it casual.